0: Hey there, and welcome to the Rock Revers podcast. Here we're all about believing and proclaiming the word. We're totally given to true worship and obedient in taking the gospel to the nations through missions. Thank you so much for tuning in. We hope that you'll be blessed by this message. Isaiah chapter 58. Amen. I'm really excited at what God is doing. Man. I cry aloud, spare not, lift up thy voice like a trumpet, and show my people their transgression and the house of Jacob their sins. Last Sunday, we, 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 we left here 1 p.m. Today, I promise you, 12.30, we'll be out of this place. We intend to be very excellent and honor family time. So we want to ensure that we finish service every Sunday by 12.30 so we can go home and have some time with family. Amen. Yet they seek me daily and delight to know my ways. As a nation that did righteousness and forsook not the ordinance of their God. They ask me of the ordinances of justice. They take delight in approaching God. Verse 3 says, Wherefore have we fasted, say they, and thou seest not? Wherefore have we afflicted our soul, and thou takest no knowledge? Behold, in the day of your fast ye find pleasure, and exert all your labors. Behold, ye fast for strife and debate, and to smite with a fist of wickedness. Ye shall not fast as ye do this day, to make your voice be heard on high. Verse 5 says, Is it such a fast that I have chosen? A day for a man to afflict his soul? Is it to bow down his head like a bulrush and to spread sackcloth and ashes under him? Wilt thou call this a fast and an acceptable day to the Lord? Verse 6 says, is this not the fast that I have chosen? Hear this, to lose the bands of wickedness, to undo the heavy burdens, to let the oppressed go free and to break every yoke. Tell your neighbor every yoke. Is it not to deal thy bread to the hungry, and that thou bringest the poor that are cast out to thy house, that when you see the naked, you cover him, and that you hide not yourself from your own flesh? Look at verse 8. Then shall light break forth as the morning, and thine health shall spring forth steadily. He says, and the righteousness shall go before thee. The glory of the Lord shall be thy reward. Then you will call unto God, and he will answer. I just have a feeling in my spirit that there's, there are lots of answered prayers this January. Do you believe that? Do you believe that? I mean, prayers are already being answered in a speed that I cannot... Imagine, it says, you will call unto the Lord, and he will answer. And you will cry, and he will say, here I am. For if you take away from your midst of thee the yoke, the putting forth of the finger, and speaking vanity, and if thou draw out thy soul to the hungry, and satisfy, satisfy the afflicted soul, then shall thy light rise, look at that, Then your light will rise in obscurity, and thy darkness be as noonday. And the Lord shall guide thee continually, and satisfy thy soul in drought, and make fat thy bones. And thou shalt be like a well-watered garden. Tell your neighbor you will be like a well-watered garden. And like a spring of water, whose waters fail not. Verse 12 says, and they shall be of thee, shall build the old west places. Thou shalt raise up the foundations of many generations and thou shalt be called the repairer of the breach. You can underline the word breach. You realize that usually when you have a property that is surrounded by walls and security, what would happen then is when the enemy would come in, what would the head of security say? That there has been a breach. Scripture is saying now that you will be called the repairer of the breach in your generation that will be called the repairer. I don't know about you, but I just feel a confession in my spirit that there are things that have been in our bloodline for too long, but they end today in the name of Jesus. Let me say that one more time. There are things that have followed our families for too long, but now God is calling us the repairer of the breach that will be able to take care of that breach Then he says something here, that if you turn away your foot from the Sabbath, from doing thy pleasure on my holy day, and call the Sabbath a delight, the holy of the Lord honorable, and shall honor him, not doing thine own ways, nor finding thine own pleasure, nor speaking thine own words, then shalt thou delight thyself in the Lord, and I will cause thee to ride upon high places, of the earth and feed thee with the heritage of Jacob, thy father. He says, For the mouth of the Lord has spoken it. The book of Isaiah, chapter 58, lists 20 blessings, the result of fasting. That every time we are faithful enough to go through a fast, God is committed to release 20 blessings. Tell your neighbor 20 blessings. That there are 20 correspondent blessings that follows the child of God every time they fast. And as we get ready to pray, these are the blessings I want us to pray of our families and of ourselves. I request us to stand up and say the statement of belief. Please find your paperback Bible. join me up. Are you ready for the word? Just stand up, let's do our statement of belief as we get ready for the word. Is it up? Very good. You have your Bible. Ask your neighbor, do you have your Bible, neighbor? Neighbor, do you have your Bible? Look at them. Ask them, where is your paperback Bible? Did you come to fight without a sword? In this church, we carry paperback Bibles. We want the neighbors to know. We want the MCAs to know. We want the Uber drivers to know. Next month, I'll request you to get a big paperback Bible. Amen. (laughs) Let's go. Three, two, one. I am a winner. I am a victor and not a victim. To reflect what God says about me. My faith is built on God's word. I can do all that God says I can do. Nothing is impossible from this moment on. For I am a new breed, a new kind, a remnant. And I am after my purpose. Sit on your enemies. Amen. Good to see you in church we we thank god that you that you made it amen my assignment today is in the book of Isaiah chapter 58, and it is important for us to correctly position the scripture contextually that we may be able to receive and glean all the revelation that God has called us to receive. When you look at your Bible, you will realize that generally speaking, they classify the Bible into the Old Testament and the New Testament, but remember that is the publisher's classification and not, re- not necessarily the real classification. But my focus today is in the Old testament isaiah chapter 58 and the book of isaiah in the jewish tradition was divided into three parts the first part was called the torah or the law of israel that is genesis exodus deuteronomy and so forth the second part was called the nebim or the prophets the destiny of israel the third part is what they called the kethubim Or the psalm of Israel, which was the writing. So that is psalms and and songs of Solomon and proverbs and ecclesiastes and so forth. Now, among these three divisions, if you look at the Hebraic, if you look at the Judaistic Bible, you'll realize that it has 39 sections. And the first of this section, interestingly enough, is the book of Isaiah. So powerful is the book of Isaiah that the full Uh, prediction of the full prophecy about redemption and salvation is wholly quoted from the book of Isaiah. If you study the New Testament, you will realize of the 32 times that Prophets were quoted concerning redemption. 27 of those came from the book of Isaiah. One author argued and said that Isaiah is regarded as the Shakespeare of the prophets. That he was one of the most prolific prophets that ever lived. It is also interesting that just like the whole Bible, the book of Isaiah is divided into two distinct parts. You see the way the Bible has the Old Testament and has the... The New Testament, that the Old Testament deals about law, God and his law and judgment. And the New Testament deals with hope, grace and the promise of salvation. The book of Isaiah is cut exactly into two. That chapter 1 to chapter 39 deals with the law of God and the judgment of God. Now chapter 40 to chapter 60. Is it 66 or is it chapter 60? 39 plus 27, 66, right? Until chapter 66 deals now with the hope of salvation, the hope of redemption. And the truth then becomes that there is no judgment without redemption, that every time God produces law, he also produces grace. It is also important to notice here one distinct something about the book of Isaiah, that just like the Old Testament, I just love Jesus, just like the Old Testament has 33 books, also, Isaiah part one that deals with the law has 33 books. and not that interesting? That we have a God that is so strategic that is always putting messages everywhere. By the time you come to Isaiah chapter 40 to chapter 66, it's like you're entering the New Testament of the book of Isaiah, which has 27 books. So all in all comes to 66 books. And this is why the Jews celebrate the book of Isaiah so much that just like the Bible has 66 books. The book of Isaiah has 66 chapters. Now, Isaiah introduces a very potent principle in our Christian life, and he argues about only two things, and these two things is the plan of God and the plan of God through you. And in these two frameworks, he comes up and consequently builds two arguments. And the first argument is what he calls unconditional blessing. And the argument in unconditional blessing is the fact that God will see his plan to come to pass. That the plan of God, when it comes to the plan of God, God is not counting on you for his plan to come to pass. It is important because we serve a God that is not helpless. We serve a God that is not being consulted. We serve a God that is is sovereign. He will establish his rule and law upon the earth. It is here that Isaiah chapter 22 verse 3 is written, in the last days the mountain of God shall be exalted. One will say to another, come, let us go to the house of God that we may be taught the laws of God. Because God is arguing in the book of Isaiah, the prophet argues that God's plan is sovereign and when it comes to his divine destiny, he will bypass humanity and establish his rule on the earth. But he develops that argument further and consequently introduces a very interesting structure that is the anchor of grace as it is. And he begins to argue and says that there's a second part of God's will called the conditional blessing. That that conditional blessing is the basis of covenant. Because covenant is agreement between how many people? Two people. Talk to me, church. That how can two walk together, the book of Amos chapter 3 verse 3, except they be agreed. That Isaiah now sets the platform from chapter 40 to chapter 6. He begins to set the platform now of engagement with God. And he argues a conditional positioning. That if you draw nigh unto God, he will draw nigh unto thee. That if you honor your parents, if you honor your father and mother, he will grant you length of days. You see, are you seeing my drift? That there is A conditional relationship that is now introduced by the prophet Isaiah to begin to guide our mind and to guide our attitude as it relates to engaging with God. Do you know that the blessing of God, the destiny of God that is unlocked in the inside of our heart is only unlocked by your obedience? And we looked at that last Sunday, that it takes a yes to God for us to begin to see the grace of God manifesting. It is very interesting and strange that you will find Pentecostals who will take time to pray for wealth, but will never take time to develop the diligence that builds wealth that you will find men and women will take time to pray about forward progression and to pray about peace and to pray about all manner of things, but will refuse to engage and to come to a place where God is able to open up opportunity and possibility based on your response of obedience. It is here now that you come to the book of Isaiah, And it's important I say this because praying and making declarations, and we are about to do so for the year, Does not make sense if we are not able to meet the other half. The book of Isaiah chapter 58 has 20 blessings. How many? 20 blessings of fasting. But guess how many responsibilities it has. It has 23 responsibilities. That if you are able to do this, I the Lord will do this that it is not a relationship that is one directional. And if there is something that is going to happen to this church this year, is that we are about to enter deeper into the things of God. That if there is a year your your relationship with God is going to thrive, it is this one. If there is a year you are going to be more intentional with prayer, more intentional with tithing, more intentional with fasting, more intentional with serving God in church, it is this year. That this will not be a church where people are casual with our relationship with God That there is going to be a robust Conviction That drives, drives us to a place Of constant discipleship Under the scriptures of God Amen And it is here now that Isaiah chapter 58 opens But for the sake of context Let me read Isaiah chapter 57 verse The last verses Look at verse 17 Because verse 1 of Isaiah 58 is a continuation He says here for, In verse 15 17, for the iniquity of his covetousness, remember now, we are in the so-called New Testament of the book of Isaiah, or we have now entered the place of covenant, promise, and grace in the book of Isaiah. So, prophetically, what is happening here, because Isaiah is prophesying, prophetically, what is happening here What is happening here now? Remember, prophetically, I love this scripture. Prophetically, in the book of Isaiah, Jesus already arrived, yes or no? From chapter 55 You see, you begin to see the Messiah So prophetically Jesus has already The work of the blood Has already applied That is why he talks about In verse 1 of chapter 58 My people have transgressed Are you seeing that? That is only possible post redemption Okay keep that in mind So verse 17 says for the iniquity I mean 15, 57 For the iniquity of his covetousness was I wroth, I smote him, I hid me, and I was wroth, and he went on forwardly in the way of his heart. Look at verse 18. I have seen all his ways, and I will will heal him. I will lead him also and restore comfort to him and his mourners. I create the fruit of the lips, peace, peace, to him that is far off. And to him that is near, saith the Lord, I will heal him. Now, verse 20 talks about something very important, he says, and it gives context to chapter 58. He says, but the wicked are like troubled sea. The word wicked here does not mean sinner. The word wicked means him that is out of the ordained path. If you study the book of Proverbs, you'll realize wicked means that which is not straight. The argument of scripture here is not to deal with sin, but the argument of scripture here is dealing with the character of the believer. The wicked that is being referred to here is the man who has received Jesus, but has refused to walk in the way of Christ. In fact, Solomon later argues in the book of Proverbs and argues, I think, chapter 12. He says, He that walks in integrity or he that walks straightly walks securely. That there is security in disciplining your character and walking in a certain way. That there's a requirement to walk in the straight and narrow path. So he says here, The wicked, the wicked here is not sin anymore. Because sin at this time in the book of Isaiah has been dealt with, sin has been forgiven. This talks about a way of living. He says that if our way of living does not align with the Jesus that we have received, what begins to happen is is that we enter into a place of troubled sea. That the wicked, he says, the wicked are like troubled sea. They cannot receive rest and their waters cast up mire and dirt. And that talks about every time the believer leaves the way, they are born again, but they're not walking the way. Scripture says that because of that disobedience, we come to a place where there is storms, where there is dirt, where there is mire. He says, there is no peace, saith my God, to them that are walking outside of the path. And it is important for the Latter-day Church to begin to embrace that there is a discipline to Christianity. There is a discipleship requirement. Okay, you're too silent. Tell your neighbor you must walk in a certain way. So that we talk a little bit. I can see people are looking at me. These are those messages. Uh-huh. It's uncomfortable for me too. Or it's cutting me too. Look at your neighbor. Tell them, neighbor, please check your walk. 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 You are not binding. You are not binding the enemy. The storm sometimes you're facing is a result of walking out of the path. It is here that he says, cry aloud, spare not. He says, I want you now to lift up your voice, you prophet Isaiah, and address my house. And I want you to address them on everything. Do not spare anything. He says, cry aloud, spare not. Look at this, for my people, show my people their transgression. Solomon said, the way of the transgressor is hard. That we are able to cruise according to verse 14 of chapter 58, when we are walking by the precepts of God. That this race, it's either you run in the spirit or you run in the flesh. But when you run in the flesh, there is difficulty and there is headwind that we must deal with just because we are in the flesh. Ask your neighbor, you in the flesh, neighbor. Neighbor, are you in the flesh? Talk to me. Are you in the flesh, neighbor? Now look at this. It says, yet they seek me daily. They are now complaining. Yet they seek me daily. They even know my ways. That sounds like us, right? They even know my ways. They, you know, they, as a nation that did righteousness... He says, and forsook not the ordinance. These people, they are strong on knowing the things of God. You know, they know the the scriptures. They quote the scriptures. He says, they, they have not forsaken the ordinance. They come to church, and they come to prayers, and they go to small groups, and they are fasting, and they are doing all the religious things, as it were. He says, they have not forsaken the ordinances of justice. They even take delight in approaching God. That their delight, you know, the way the way David says that my soul desperately longs for you in Isaiah six, in Psalms chapter 63 this is not the case here that they take delight in in approaching God that they it's a vibe for them that it is the in thing they feel like they are checking another box in their boxes of things to do go to church uh, make 2 minutes prayer attend a uh, zoom prayer go small group you know they are checking boxes he says they even take delight in approaching God. Then look at what they say. Oh, we have fasted, they say. And you, God, you are not seeing. We fasted, and you didn't see it. Uh-huh. It says, we have afflicted our soul, and you don't take knowledge. They are frustrated. Their fast has not yielded result. They fasted, and nothing happened. And Jesus spoke about them too. Even Paul spoke about this type of believer. He says... You don't take knowledge. Behold, in the day of our fast, mm, now God answers Behold, in the day of, of your fast, you take pleasure and exert all your labor. He says, You fast for strife and debate and to smite the feast of wickedness. Shall ye not fast on this day to make your voice to be heard on high? Verse 3 and verse 4 says, They were fasting, Hortensia, they were fasting for their agenda. They had an agenda with God. They were fasting so that they can sit in the Sanhedrin and begin to debate. He says you are fasting so that your voice can be heard on high. You had your own agenda. He says you fasted, but you exerted yourself in all your labors. That in as much as you denied yourself, you did not deny your life. Uh Uh-huh. He's arguing his argument is that there is no spiritual fast without a physical fast That I have to inconvenience my labors as well Somebody said I will go to church very early in the morning so that in the afternoon, you know, I can go to work I want just to fast but in as much as I'm fasting I have to exert all my labor so that I'm able to get ahead God says that fast will not work He says is this such a fast that I have chosen? A day for a man to afflict his soul and to bow down his head as a bulrush. And this is what would happen. When they would first pass a cave, what they would do, they would go and take ashes. And they would apply ashes on their faces. And then they would bow their, they would bow their neck and they would look like the bulrush. Maybe in, in modern terms, they would look like a guy who has suffered rejection. Right? Okay, let's take a break for a minute. Have you ever... <laughs> Have you ever seen a guy who went to ask a chick out, and you put on your best uh, Versace Diane blue, and you ironed your clothes for the first time, and you woke up in the morning, and the song you're playing is, I am a friend of God, I am a friend of God. You have already maxed your fullies, everything is ready, you have set up everything. And you know, men can go the extra way, especially men, these people who live next to the lake. And now, you go and the table, is set. And the table is set and you've come with your best English not be, and, and you've ordered the best food. Not because you want to feed the hungry, but because you want to expose the, so, the target to a level of wooing and a level of excellence that is not ordinary to you on normal days. You're putting your, your best food forward and now you're about to ask them out. And after making the speech, man, I know, man, you know what I'm talking about. You have to come with the speech, Gideon. Am I talking the right? You have to come. It's like if you just said, "Be my girlfriend," is un- is annoying, or be my wife. You know, that one is not acceptable. You have to say many things, and you'll start saying, you know, the first day I saw you, uh, I saw the eyes of gazelle from Tanzania, and your strides were like the strides of uh, giraffes from Amboseli, and your hair were like what is that Verse you like? Is like the goats upon which mountain, Mount Gilead. <laughs> Hey, the head of goats on Mount Gilead. Hey. And you continue. And then after doing all that effort, the baby says, no, what makes you think I would want a guy like you? Hey, hey. That's the time you call Pastor San because I have words for you, but I got words for you. You will walk out of there springing, but there's a temptation to put your head like the head of a bull rush. You drop your head. Confidence is broken And Jesus spoke about these people He said you are fasting so publicly And because your fast is public Your reward, that is your reward They would put ashes on their face And they would look beaten down God says that fast Forget it Will you, will you call He says will you call this fast Unacceptable fast a fast that is focused on your agenda, a fast that wants to accelerate your own agenda, your own desires, a fast that you want to be elevated spiritually. Oh my God, you are so spiritual, you know. And let me tell you something interesting about this fast. It happened twice a week, Lovi. Judaistically, they would fast on Tuesday and on Thursday, twice a week. And God rejected it. Can you imagine? Look at it. We're going. To, I'm, I'm about to finish. We still have time. We'll finish. We'll finish by 12:30. Amen. Hey, Why did I say this 12:30 thing now? Is this not the fast that I have chosen now? Look at that. Now God begins to say, this is my dimension of fast. This is the type of responsibility, what we have been doing in January. Because I'm about to ask us to take a day for the rest of the year. To take a day every week and just to fast together as a church. And then we meet here and pray together. But it will not be a fast without instruction. And it will not be a fast that does not yield Result So that as we close our, our fasting period today, we enter into a place of the fasted life, which is fasting every, every week as a church. Here God begins to speak. And the first thing is responsibility. He deals with the responsibility first, Gideon. He deals with, the, shake your neighbor, tell them he deals with the responsibility first. A Christianity that exalts blessing without commitment is not, it is idolatry. Because it is only idolatry where you have to call. You just come and do some things and things begin to happen in your mind. That there is responsibility first. Verse 6. Is this not the first that I have chosen? The first thing he says, to lose the bands of wickedness. To begin to break Free from those things that keep bringing us behind. God is saying that the focus of your fast, every time you enter into fast, you have to break the bands of wickedness. Those things that have, have a hold on us. Those things, remember, it's not the bands of sin. Are you seeing that? Read that together in Hebrews chapter 12 verse 2 that deals with laying aside every burden, every, every weight. It says to lose the bands of wickedness. He says to undo the heavy burdens. The heavy burdens. The Hebrew word here is matah, which means to undo yokes. Those things that have yoked our neck and caused us to walk in a particular way, even when we don't understand it has caused us to be found in particular company and in certain places that we're not proud of. He says when we are fasting, our focus is to remove ourselves from those yokes. That there are yokes that we have placed upon us by the relationships we have. There are yokes that we have placed upon us by the type of company we keep. There are yokes that we have placed upon us by the kinds of habits that we have cultivated. God is saying when you're fasting, I want you to deal with those yokes. Look at this. It's indeed interesting that the same Isaiah said the spirit of God breaks down the yoke to pieces, but it is here he's saying, when you're fasting, I want you to deal with the yokes. You, He wants you, Pastor Kev, to deal with the yokes, he says. This is the type of fast that God accepts. He says, I want you to undo heavy burden yokes. And then, he says, I want you to let the oppressed go free. And I studied this out. And one author argued that the challenge is many of us have, have received the forgiveness from God but have refused to give the forgiveness of God. That we have prisoners. Uh, We have prisoners. A good way to check is just to look at your blocked list on WhatsApp. Amen. Yeah, people usually say in a way that I have some prisoners on my phone and the prisoners are on WhatsApp. They don't see anything. You have grudges against them. That we are quick to receive the forgiveness of God, but we will not give the forgiveness of God. The nature of the forgiveness of God is that it forgets. <laughs> Amen. Let me say that one more time. The nature, tell your neighbor the nature of the forgiveness of God is that it forgets. Who are you carrying? Let me ask you a question. baby. if you're carrying somebody during this fast, that fast is, is, the, is the fast I described. It will not work. That there is an expectation from heaven that when we are fasting, we are forgiving. That when we are fasting, we are forgiving. This is redemptive fast. He says, I want you to let the oppressed go free. Hmm. Is And is it not to break every yoke yoke twice? Verse 7. Is it not to deal thy bread to the hungry? Is it not? This, ladies and gentlemen, according to number two rule of interpreting prophecy, do not assign meanings where there is literal meaning. Here means hungry, people who are hungry for food, not spiritual hunger, because spiritual hunger comes later. He says that when we are fasting, your fasting must be marked. Tell your neighbor, must. I know we are very spiritual and extremely sophisticated and have 1,000 explanations why you don't want to feed anybody. There are so many hungry people who we know, and there are very many other hungry people who we don't know. Please, give me a break with this complicated theological explanation and just feed the hungry. Amen. I was reading about interpreting prophecy, Pastor Lovie, and there are about 14 rules of interpreting prophecy. The number two rule is that words must be taken Literally. Because, you know, somebody will say three days uh, means three years. That is not true. Because why would an intelligent God say three days when well, he meant three years? Why can't he just say three years? Yet in another place he'll say three years as opposed to three days. So in interpreting prophecy, and we're looking at a prophetic book, Noel Mbaji, they said to feed the hungry. They didn't say, and those of us in abundance feed the hungry. And we're building a culture in Rivers Church of taking care of a community. And that community is in this church. That community is where we live. That community is on the street. That community is everywhere. Feed the hungry. That you can buy a packet of chips and just bless somebody with it without giving them many lectures. Amen. <laughs> Do you know the way you have so many lectures? You see a guy, you're like, you have two feet, you have two legs. Why are you begging? You should be in school. You know, you see kids in, in Tao begging and you're like, why aren't you in school like other friends of yours? Please, cut us a break. Buona si few. Drew, how are you? Praise the Lord. Good to see you, sir. Drew sells cars, one of the most intelligent car dealers, you know. Good class, leather seats, fully loaded, clean cars, you know, from from London and other places. When you sell the car, baby, please buy some food, especially when you're fighting, and feed the hungry. Let me stay here a bit. Just tell your neighbor, feed the hungry. Mm. Let the hungry testify that indeed God, this is what Christianity is. Somebody said that God doesn't care so much how loud you shout, but how, you, how, how straight you walk after you finish shouting. There, there is a way. There is a sweet flavor of believers when believers are in a household. When believers are in an estate, there is a sweet flavor. We don't just talk anyhow. We don't just behave anyhow. He says here we have to feed the poor. Let me keep going. I only have uh, four minutes to finish this sermon. To bring the poor... He says, (laughs) look at this. I want you to be concerned about people who are homeless. Uh Uh-huh. People who are homeless. House them. In the day of Isaiah, it was radical. He said that what he was seeing prophetically is actually housing those who are without houses. And sometimes this begins to speak, and that's why I honor Pastor Lovi so much. This begins to speak about the people who we know in our family, some of our cousins, some of our brothers who don't meet your standard of discipline. And they are homeless they are unable to move forward in their life and all they needed was to be hosted for six months in your house. Yet you will not give it because you are newly married. My brother Pasalovi was newly married and he hosted his brother for many years. Let me say that one more time. Uh-huh. There are people here who need to host somebody. I'm calling us to live a Christian life. God is saying, if, you're, if somebody is in need of a house and you're fasting, handle that need. Amen. Amen. <laughs> Oh I thank you Jesus for the silent church and the church was silent. I love it. This revelation is cutting eh a call. How are you feeling? Do you have a brother who has been wanting to come and stay in and watch your TV <laughs> I love God. He says, "And thou hide not thyself from, it says "And that don't hide yourself from your own flesh." That is verse seven. Do you know what that means? Pasades hey, that feels that's as a vibe. It means that don't hide yourself from your own family. Can you imagine? That don't hide yourself from your own flesh. Are there people in this house, you see your bro calling and you don't answer? Or you have put them on block list? Just because they don't meet your standard of livelihood, or they don't meet your standard of success, or they don't meet your standard of cleanliness. Or you have disregarded them as alcoholics. Or you have disregarded them as drug abusers. Or you have disregarded them as people who have failed in life. God is saying that do not hide yourself from your own flesh. What type of Christian are you? Are you in one hand fasting and in the other hand blocking your own blood? God is calling us, Margaret, to rise. And not to be those who block our own family. That our family must testify, Michelle, of the sweet flavor of believers. That mama can say, I am glad my son is born again. There is a difference. He makes a difference. When there is family strife, you are not part of the people causing the riot. Do you know there are people who can cause a strike? <laughs> I was One day I was talking to... Uh, Pastor Doc's wife, okay, I'll tell you that story another day. (laughs) And I was like, the way you are quiet like this. So, so far we have done verse 1 to verse 7. Here are the responsibilities. Lose the bands of wickedness. Undo the heavy burdens. Let the oppressed go free. Forgive people. Break every yoke. Come out of every yoke that has caused you to walk in certain places. Deal bread to the hungry. Feeding the hungry. Verse 6 talks about sheltering the cast out. Do not deny our own flesh, covering up the naked, the nine one, call upon God and cry upon him. That in Isaiah listing responsibilities of fasting, praying is number nine. Pastor Kim, are you saying that? That anytime, Daryl, anytime we are entering into fasting, that praying in tongues that you are doing very loudly is number nine. That first deal with family deal with forgiveness, feed the hungry, give people give people homesteads, let people come into your house to watch your TV, and so on. Then he takes a break in verse 8 and now begins to speak about the blessing which you want to pray in the next uh, two minutes. Then shall thy light break forth. Are you seeing that? As the morning. That deals with a period of darkness. That there has been darkness in your life until now. Then the fasting unlocks a bright morning day. You know the way he says, weeping will endure for a night, but joy comes in the morning that we can break seasons by fasting, but the prescribed fast of Yahweh, that fast that is like this, delivers light to break forth like the morning. For the sake of keeping time, I will now quickly go through the blessing of fasting, quickly, of the first part. It says, after you do those eight things in chapter, in verse 1 to verse 7, then your light will break forth. Here's the second thing. You'll see it in verse 8 and 9. Your health will spring forth speedily. Your health will spring forth speedily. You see? Meaning if we can commit God in feeding the hungry, he's committed in our health springing forth speedily. Even God knows there is sickness in our body. But there is a cure in fasting in this way. He says that your righteousness will go before you. That as you are removing the yoke As you are freeing the oppressed He's even committed to say I'm stabilizing your feet That you will walk Mm rightly That that God's glory Will become your rare God That your life will become A story of glory What is glory? The, The presence of God The beautification of heaven It is what brings favor Have you ever entered a place And people loved you for no reason It is God's glory A beauty that cannot be seen a beauty that somebody does not explain. He says, When you fast like that, then this begins to happen. He says, You will cry and God will answer. Answered the prayer. Then he comes to responsibilities again. He says, Now, and the Lord shall guide thee continually. He says, Then shalt thou call unto God and he will answer. Here are the next responsibilities. He says, You have to call unto God. Then he says, three interesting things about relationships. He says, I want you to cease accusing people, I want you to stop speaking vanity, and I want you to have compassion. That we have come to a place where we are fasting, but we are still dissing people, talking people down, gossiping, whispers, whispers and whispers and whispers. He comes to a level, a second dimension of responsibility, that when you are fasting and praying, that you will train your tongue to speak glorious things and not gossip and not vain things, that you will stop accusing people. He says, Thou will in that day, thou will withdraw thy finger. Thou will withdraw thy finger. Is a calling to cease from strife. David put it differently. He said, It's an honor for a man to cease from strife. That the fightings among us must cease. Then he continues to say that we shall satisfy the afflicted soul. That deals with feeding those who have spiritual hunger. That God is calling us to a place where we'll begin even praying for people. And begin ministering to people God's word. There are people in our communities, people in our families that need God's word. That the afflicted soul will be ministered to. Even by us. He says that you will abstain from doing your own pleasure. You're not flesh led says you will delight in the day of the Lord you will delight and call the day of the Lord honorable you will honor God in all things these are the things he's saying about a fasting that works you will live an unselfish life can you imagine you will speak God's word and then see what happens the next 10 blessings then he will satisfy you in drought i mean verse 11 if you're following verse 11 then he will satisfy you in drought That God's provision is in the desert place. That there are things that you call dry in your life. But those things are no longer going to be dry in the name of Jesus. That there is dryness in certain aspects of our life. God is saying that that spiritual dryness, I'm about to quench it, verse 10, verse 11. He says, then I will make your bones fat. What does that deal with? If you look at medical biology, you'll realize that every time your bone breaks, it fattens Because the body believes that you need stronger, you need fatter bones for stability. He's basically saying, I'm going to give you strong bones for battle. That you will not be easily taken down, he says. He says, the 12th blessing, you will be like a watered garden. Do you know, child of God, that it is one thing to be a garden? It is one thing to plant. It is one thing to invest. It is one thing to set up your business. But it's another thing for the business to work. It's one thing to get married. It's another thing for the marriage to work. He says here that you will be like a well-watered garden. You will be like an unfailing spring of the water. He says your waste places. That speaks to everywhere you called failure. The places where you experienced waste and disregard. He says those waste places. He says, your waste places will spring forth. God will deal with those ones. Mm. You will raise up foundations for many generations. Now, the 16th blessing, you will be called the repairer of the breach. That there are things that have plagued our family. God is calling us to rise and to stop them. You will be called the restorer of parts. 18th blessing, You will, as you delight yourself in the Lord, he will do two things. He will cause you to rise upon the... The high places. Look at this verse 14. Then shalt thou delight thyself in the Lord. I will cause thee to ride upon high places. Let us stand up and we pray. God is saying we, he'll cause us to rise up in high places. And church, I want to invite us starting next Friday. Tell you next Friday. On Fridays in the morning, because it's only Friday. We will pray together. So on Thursday evening, we will send forth a link. We will pray together online in the morning and begin our fast. Is that okay? And then in the evening, we will meet here in church to break that fast together. We'll always have tea here. We'll have, we'll have some snacks and tea. We'll come together as a community and begin to break the fast together. And that is every Friday from next Friday. Thank you, Louis, so much for that one. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much for that one. Amen. Even these people of the movie, even them, they didn't say Amen. (laughs) For the next, for every Friday. That means you need one more day for your own fast. Because Friday is the Rivers Fasting Day. That is our family fasting day. We will pray together in the morning. It is only 30 minutes. 6 a.m. to 6.30 a.m. If you are in the airport, if you are in Amsterdam, if you are in Doha, wherever you are, 6 a.m. EAT time, you will people got revelation yeah i see i see judy i know t- what i'm talking about when you're in cape town you know when you're in cape town you're just about to enter your your things in sa uh, this is the only worship leader i know who's multinational so far <laughs> the one i've seen oh the one i've seen hey C. forgive me forgive me so fridays what will we do and then we will be declaring these 20 blessings as we commit god listen if there's a year personally i'm going to feed the is this year Ay, 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 hungry people wherever you are, please find me. Hi. Hey! That is one of my if there's a year, Chester we are going to feed people. My goodness, you'll just be entering Sanford. So one day I was in, I was in Uganda. I was in Uganda too. Is it two weeks ago, bro? And so now I go to this restaurant in the evening. And this border border guy comes and says, Give me 20 packets of chips. I'm like, what are you talking about? This border guy, I've had border guys have appetite. But 20 packets of chips, are you crazy? So even the lady who who was selling, says, are you sure? Okay, bring the money first. This will be my story also. I'll just be another example. Give me 30 packets of chips. Amen, I'm Auntie Terry. So that you have chips. You know, people will be seeing your car in town. When they see that white car, they know chips has come. Oh, you don't like that one? You don't want to feed the hungry? What do you want to do? You want to feed yourself? Okay. After we finish, we'll also be bringing for you. (laughs) If there's a year I'm going to feed the hungry, it is this one. Amen. Amen. Man, if there is a year we are going to forgive people. Ha, look at your neighbor. Let's just practice. I forgive you. I forgive you, baby. I for- <laughs> hey, neighbor, you hurt me like today. From the bottom of my heart. Dance, I forgive you. Come on, baby, please. I forgive I forgive you. It's going to be a forgiveness. It's going to be a house of forgiveness. Amen. Oh, and, and this is joyful. If there's a year, I'm going to... remove. Praise the Lord. What are these things that are your neck that are defining you? Please remove them now. Amen. Amen. Every Friday, we'll be taking the responsibility of prayer and fasting. And in the evening, we'll be declaring the blessing of prayer and fasting. Do you believe that? Amen. Thank you for sticking into the end. We hope you are blessed by this message. Follow us for more of these messages when new episodes drop and make sure to rate us so that more people can find out about us. Bye-bye.